Welcome to A Flame for Christ, homilies to set your heart on fire with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, a priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you've joined us on the 32nd Sunday of Ordinary Time. So in today's gospel, the Sadducees come to Jesus doubting that there is a resurrection. Well, so what's up with these Sadducees? Why do they do that? The reason is because the Sadducees were a group of Jews who rejected all of the Old Testament except for the Torah. The Torah is the first five books, so Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. These were the only books that they had, and in the Torah, it's not totally clear that there is a resurrection from the dead, and so therefore, the Sadducees rejected it, saying it's not in their Bible. So how does Jesus respond? He responds by using the Torah. He speaks about that beautiful scene from Exodus 3 when Moses encounters God in the burning bush and how God calls himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, these men who had been dead for hundreds of years and yet are alive because God is the God of the living. But this answer of Jesus kind of does beg the question, how do we know anything about heaven? Because I've certainly never been there and I'm guessing you haven't either. The only way we can know anything about heaven is if somebody from heaven comes and reveals it to us. You know, it's much like this. Imagine that somebody were born into a prison, and the only thing they ever knew was the drab walls and the terrible food, the orange jumpsuits and the long faces of those who were in the prison. But then someone from the outside comes in and begins to to tell them about trees and art and and about friendships and about football and, and pizza and all sorts of the wonderful things that are outside that prison. Yeah, the person who was born there might kind of have a a vague conception of what these things are, but they couldn't fully understand until they've experienced them. But it takes a lot of courage if you're going to follow that outside person to the outside because you're leaving the only world that you've ever known. But if you trust that person and you trust that they really love you and have your best interests at heart, you might have the courage to walk out of that prison and enter into the world of the real. And much that's much like it is for us as Christians. You know, compared to eternity, our life is rather drab. It's rather ordinary and boring compared to the the vibrant life that Christ has planned for us. But we've never been there. And so we have to trust Christ and walk out that door. And that's kind of scary because that door is death, passing through that to the new and more abundant life. But if we really believe that Jesus has come from heaven and is revealing heaven to us, then we can do it. So what is it that he reveals to us about heaven? Well, one thing he says in today's gospel is that there is no marriage in heaven. Now, some of you I know hearing that are thinking, oh, no, it's terrible. And others of you might be breathing a sigh of relief, you know, if you can't wait to be out of your marriage. But nevertheless, why is there no marriage in heaven? Well, marriage was given to us by God for two very specific purposes. First, it was given to us in order to procreate and raise children. In other words, make new souls for heaven. And the other reason why God gave us marriage is for the mutual sanctification of the spouses so that we could help each other grow in holiness and virtue so that we can get to heaven. But in heaven, obviously, we won't need to grow in holiness because we'll already be there and we won't need to have children. So the two purposes of marriage are kind of a moot point. Now, that, do, that does not mean that we won't have a deep relationship with our spouse. I'm sure that we will. But in heaven, our first love will be God. It will be him that we are one flesh with. And that's the great joy of heaven. You know, in fact, the scriptures really reveal in today's gospel that all created reality is only given to us as a foretaste of everlasting life. None of the good things of this earth are meant to be ends in themselves. And people often ask me, you know, is there going to be pizza in heaven? Is there going to be football in heaven? 
But the truth is, pizza and football and family and friends, all of that's given to us to help us have a small, tiny fraction of the taste of the goodness of heaven, to make us long for more. Back when I was in college, I was hiking with a buddy of mine who was much more devout than I. And we were hiking, we got to this place where you could see just a bright, huge sky. And he said, you know, the sky is a lot like Our Lady. It's blue, much like Our Lady's cloak is blue. It stretches from one end of the world to the other, much like Our Lady's queenly reign is from one side to the other. And it's clear enough to let the sun shine through as Our Lady allowed Jesus to shine through her. And when he said this, I thought to myself, man, that is really cheesy. That is really cheesy. But looking back, I've realized now, actually, he was right. He was right that he used the created world to remind him of heavenly realities. And that's how we should be using this created world. So when we enjoy a good meal with friends, that's a reminder of the everlasting banquet in heaven. When we're blessed to be surrounded by friends and family who love us, that's only a tiny fraction of God's infinite love for us. So it reminds us of something far greater. You know, maybe when we're taking a look at a beautiful panorama of mountains or the ocean, and we're just taken aback with the awe and the beauty, that's something that should launch us so that we can realize that God is even more beautiful and that he's even more powerful than even the amazing things he created here. Even the crosses that we bear on a daily basis help remind us of heaven. You know, when we have the physical pains of this earth, it helps to remind us that our life is short here and that rather we're going to receive a glorified body in eternity. Or maybe if we suffer some financial misfortune, that helps us to remember that our true treasure is in heaven and not here on earth. Remember, Jesus says at the end of today's gospel that we are going to be like the angels. And what is it about the angels that are going to be similar? Well, first of all, the angels spend eternity gazing upon and loving God. And that's the greatest joy of heaven is that beatific vision, that vision of God for eternity. But also the angels don't worry about the past or the future. They trust God for absolutely everything that they have. They have no more bodily needs. They have no more tears or sorrow. All of that is washed away in the abundant joy that is in the presence of God. And that's what we're going to experience too. I think also what helps to to understand heaven is some of the great mystical saints that have had visions or experiences of heaven. The one I'd like to mention today is St. John Bosco, who was a priest who ran a boarding school for boys in Turin, Italy in the 1800s. And he was so holy that many of his boys became saints. In fact, perhaps the most famous is St. Dominic Savio, who died at the young age of 15 after living a very intense life for God. And when he died, his last words were, Oh, what beautiful things I see, which gave everyone a lot of hope that he was not only saved, but entered into the joys of heaven. And so after his death, St. John Bosco started to pray for him pray for this young boy in the hopes that he is in heaven. But he wondered, you know, Dominic, are you there? Are you in heaven? So one day, as St. John Bosco was in prayer, he had a vision of heaven. And he tried to describe heaven by saying that it was things that you couldn't experience here on earth. He saw colors that you'd never see on earth. He heard sounds and music that was so unearthly that you couldn't put words to describe it. He saw physical things such as animals and plants that didn't exist here on this earth, but had this perfect beauty, this power, this majesty that was even far beyond what the earthly creatures are. And then... He had a vision of a large number of people coming forward, singing, smiling, joyful, laughing in silent worship and adoration. And this group of people was led by Dominic Savio. And so John John Bosco went up to him and said, Dominic, is that you? And Dominic said, yes, it is I, because we had a deep friendship here on this earth. Now we will enjoy our friendship in heaven. 
And so they began a wonderful conversation about the joys of heaven. But towards the end of the conversation, St. John Bosco asked the boy, well, where is God though? Because I, I know that is the greatest joy of heaven, being in the presence of God, but where is he? And Dominic responded and said, you cannot yet see God until you've passed through death. Because those who cannot, can see God are only those who have been purified, who love nothing less than God. They must love God as he deserves to be loved, meaning that you have to pass through purgatory first. And at that point, the vision ended. But John Bosco was left with a deeper and more burning desire to become a saint, which he did become. My friends, God gives us incredible gifts here on this earth as a means and a foretaste of the great gifts, greater gifts that he has in store for us in heaven. So let us use these things wisely, to use them with an eye to eternity. And as we have just a crumb, let us hunger for the banquet.